0: what is going on everyone it is mason pierce here host of the cover 7 with mason pierce podcast and i want to let you all know about a little secret and it's called anchor by spotify it's one of the new and easiest ways to make your own podcast with everything you need all in one single place anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from the comfort of your phone or computer And also, when you are hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and whatever platform you choose to post it on. It's everything you need to make a podcast in just one single place. And the best part of all, Anchor is totally free to use. So make sure you download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm, get started creating your own podcast, or start hosting on a very up-and-coming new platform. Welcome back to another episode, Cover 7 Family. It is your host, Mason Pierce, and we are back at it again with another episode, specifically episode 47. Now guys, in today's episode, we do have a decent amount of college football news, not too much NFL news, and then we'll finish it off talking about Yadier Molina getting his 1,000th RBI in the MLB. Now guys, I hope y'all had a fantastic weekend. I know I definitely had... Wasn't a lot of sports dudes going on, but there's definitely a lot of great NBA playoff games, some good NHL games. My Dallas Stars, they've come right back in the series right now. They're up 2-1 to one against the Calgary Flames. Dallas Mavericks, they came back and, t- and are tied with the Phoenix Suns 2-2. Two and two. So, Dallas right now, as a whole, we're looking pretty good. I'm hoping we can keep this momentum going forward. Now, I hope y'all's teams are doing okay. Now, if they're Calgary or Phoenix, I am sorry. I'm going to have to root against you. But besides that, I hope all of y'all's teams have done really well in the playoffs so far. I hope y'all spent Mother's Day with y'all's moms. I hope everything went absolutely fantastic, and I just hope y'all had an overall great weekend. Now, I don't want to blabber too much, but before we do begin today's episode, I want to I want to ask y'all once again: Please make sure that you are following the official Instagram and TikTok of the Cover Seven Mason Pierce podcast. If you love just watching sports content, or you love being caught up to date on everyday sports news i highly suggest following both i will leave the link down in the description like i always do and let's get right back into some more sports news now to start off today's episode in the college football segment we're going to we, this will be regarding the university of florida now florida their 2023 class has not been too impressive they, they only had two commits up to this point and we're looking really disappointing now they just got a huge commitment on saturday from four-star offensive lineman Kanije Harris. Now, Kanije Harris is a four-star offensive lineman coming out of Bradenton, Florida, specifically IMG Academy, which is known for produ- producing some of the best talent in all of the country. He was the 300th-ranked player in the whole country and the 18th-ranked inside lineman. Now, he was looking at schools like A&M, Alabama, Arizona State, you know, major sec schools and he decided to go to florida i think he will be great he does have great size at 335 pounds but he still does need to work on a lot of technique things but is a great pickup for billy napier and the florida gators going into their 2023 recruiting class Now, the next news we have is regarding Notre Dame and Marcus Freeman. In case you don't know, Notre Dame, their old head coach Brian Kelly decided to leave and jump ship and go to LSU to chase a national championship, which I think it was best for both sides that they moved on from each other. Brian Kelly just never could seem to get over that hump of Alabama and those huge SEC schools. And, you know, he's not going to be able to win a national championship if you can't beat schools like Bama and, you know, Georgia. So he decided to go down to LSU and instep Marcus Freeman first-year defensive coordinator for the Irish and They immediately took him over as head coach. All the players loved him. It just seemed like a great scheme fit. He has already pretty much dominated recruiting for the Irish, now giving them their 2023 recruiting class a top 10 ranking in all the country. And he just added on to that ranking. They just got Devin Houston, a a four-star defensive lineman out of St. James School in Maryland. He was ranked the 192nd ranked player in the whole country and will obviously give a lot more depth at the D-line position for the Irish. So... Watch out for Marcus Freeman and the Notre Dame Irish to possibly get over that hill that Brian Brian Kelly just could never get over. It was what it seemed like. And now that we are done with all the commitment news, or at least the major commitment news, let's talk about some transfer portal news. And we actually did get two decent players either enter the transfer portal or commit to their new schools. And the first news we will be having is regarding former Vanderbilt wide receiver Cam Johnson. Now, Cam was a four-star wide receiver coming out of the 2018 class. He was ranked 265th in the whole country and was a pretty decent wide receiver prospect. He was six foot tall with 198 pounds and has decent sized frame. Now, he entered the transfer portal back in November of 2021 and was looking for a new home to go. Now, he is from the Tennessee area, so I think a lot of people were expecting him to obviously go to Tennessee considering Josh Hypool has one of the better offensive schemes in the whole country but instead cam actually decided to commit to arizona state on sunday and i think this is good for arizona state considering the fact that they just got florida transfer quarterback emory jones a couple days ago it might give them some momentum going into the 2022 season especially with all the losses they had most importantly evan gentry the freshman all-american who decided to transfer to in conference rival usc so good news for herm edwards and the arizona state sun devils now, the next transfer portal news I do want to talk about is actually regarding former quarterback Gary Bohannon. Now, Gary Bohannon, he had an amazing 2021 campaign with the Baylor Bears, you know, led them to a Big 12 championship. Now, he didn't win the Big 12 championship game, but he led them to that point and then led them to a um, win over Ole Miss in the Sugar Bowl. Now, Gary Bohannon has amazing size for a quarterback. He is six foot three, 221, and is obviously a pretty decent sized guy. But the main concern when it comes to Gary is his accuracy. He's not really known for making sometimes some smart passes. Now, I know when you look at his stats for last season, which he had a 62, half completion percentage off of 2,200 passing yards and 18 touchdowns to 7 interceptions. You look at it and you go, what are you talking about? His accuracy has to be amazing. There were some throws, and I know all quarterbacks do it, but even early on in his Baylor career, he just sometimes makes some bonehead passes, but nothing less, he still was a really good you know quarterback and I obviously thought he would have secured the 2022 starting quarterback position now late in April um, Baylor head coach Dave Aranda pretty much announced that you know Gary Bohannon would not be Baylor's QB1 in the fall and instead Blake Schappen the former four-star quarterback would actually become the Bears starting quarterback who actually won the Big 12 championship for the Bears back in late December so I'm glad, you know, I'm glad that Dave at least gave Gary the option to leave and go somewhere else so he could start his last year of eligibility in college, and that's exactly what Gary did. He decided to enter transfer portal about a week and a half ago, and he just made an announcement about where he would be going. and Gary Gary Bohannon via his Instagram announced that he would be joining the University of South Florida Bulls (USF). He will be going to Tampa Bay and. Once again, I think it fits him really well. USF they need a quarterback. He's obviously going to be QB one for them. And worst case scenario, he absolutely balls out and becomes a late round draft pick this upcoming year. So I'm glad for Gary. He will at least continue to be a starting quarterback. And USF could possibly, you know, be a pretty decent team this upcoming year. I mean, they won't be anything amazing, but they'll be pretty solid. Now, the next topic we have on our college football segment is actually regarding SMU. And you're probably wondering. Why are you talking about SMU? They're you know they just lost Sonny Dykes to TCU, they lost pretty much all of their you know coaching staff to TCU, they lost all the players of the transfer portal, specifically Ulysses Bentley to Ole Miss. And you're right, they did. They lost a dumb amount of guys, but you gotta remember they've got a couple of decent pickups too. They got number five star running back Kamar Wheaton, who was originally at Alabama. And Nick Saban with Nick Saban, so obviously he was a really solid player, just never seemed to really fit in with Alabama, probably would have never gotten a chance. So he decided to come back home and go play for SMU. And this happened a couple weeks ago, also a couple months ago, they also got Mississippi State wide receiver transfer Theodore Knox, who was a former three star. And you know, for them, that's a really solid pickup. And then they just kept rolling and rolling in. Former three-star offensive tackle Owen Condon, the former Georgia lineman, he actually committed to SMU a couple weeks ago. Now then they got another transfer, and this actually was at the linebacker position. Former Oklahoma State linebacker Cameron Farrar, he actually just committed to SMU like a couple days ago. And then some more, you know, some even more guys they got, and specifically UT guys, they got David Abiria. Who is a um defensive end coming out of the university of texas he was a three-star and then they got actually four-star wide receiver kelvante dixon who was at the university of texas and then decided to transfer a couple weeks ago or he entered the transfer portal a couple weeks ago and then now he's with smu so Watch out for the Ponies. They're making some really solid pickups. I mean, they got former Rice wide receiver. I mean, this happened about a couple of weeks ago. They got former Rice wide receiver Jake Bailey, who also was a former three-star and actually was kind of balling out with Rice last season. So, watch out for Rhett Lashley and the Ponies. They probably could contend for being a top 25 team. I know, you know, by TCU Frogs, we've struggled against them the past couple of years, and Obviously, seeing all these pickups doesn't really help my anxiety anything or any that much, but I am happy to at least see them kind of rebound considering the huge amount of losses they had throughout their whole program. Now, guys, the final part of today's college football segment, we will be talking about the whole NIL situation again. We really haven't heard too much about the whole Jordan Addison situation. In case you don't know who Jordan Addison was, he's the former Pitt wide receiver 2021 Belenikoff winner who – just entered the transfer portal a couple weeks ago or not a couple i don't know why i keep saying a couple weeks ago a couple days ago after it was reported that usc and lincoln riley were apparently tampering with him offering him some huge nil contract that you just could not refuse so that already looks sketchy enough and it kind of gave off this whole trend of players coming out and speaking about schools you know literally recruiting them while they're with a team and we actually got another instance of this Um, Boston College wide receiver Zay Flowers, who kind of emerged for the Eagles this past season, he told ESPN and reporters that he declined a $600,000 NIL deal and then apparently another $300,000 NIL deal to leave Boston College and join another school. Now, obviously, he ended up declining these offers, so I'm glad there is at least still some loyalty in college football. And once again, I would not blame him if he left. That type of money, you just cannot refuse, especially when you're a 19, 20-year-old kid. And obviously, you're trying to set up your future, and getting these type of things would definitely set up your future. but. It's crazy to think now. What did Caleb Williams possibly get offered from you know USC? Because obviously he did get a lot of huge NIL deals, specifically Beats by Dre, you know, probably some car dealerships. We just saw UT give their star running back Bijan Robinson, you know, he just got an NIL deal from Lamborghini of Austin, which there actually is a picture of him right now on the internet of him in a in a lime green Lamborghini driving in around Austin. So. just these NIL deals are going to continue to evolve and evolve and evolve. And obviously colleges are using these NIL deals kind of as an escape goat or kind of a loop through a rule so they can actually pay these players to come to their school now. So it's legal, which is probably why you'll see Tennessee get a lot of guys. But besides the point, they don't have to worry about McDonald's bags anymore. But I just think, once again, I do think there needs to be some sort of restriction against schools. You know, possibly partnering with certain businesses and companies or boosters that are paying these kids to come to their schools because that is literally what should not happen for college athletics. Now, I do agree; these guys still should get NIL deals. They should still be paid for their name, image, and likeness. I just don't think they need to be tampered with or treated like they're you know professional athletes. Now, they most certainly should be treated like professional athletes. You know, as you know, just I kind of worded that wrong. They definitely deserve the utmost respect and everything like that, and they deserve to get paid for the great players they are. But once again, they are not in the professionals yet. They are still at the collegiate level, and they do not be – and I mean tampering, obviously, you can't even do that in the NFL, so let alone doing it in college should probably not be allowed either. So I hope it does get kind of settled, and I hope we do kind of expose a lot of these schools for the corruptness that they are doing because, I mean, this does screw over a lot of smaller schools because you'll see, for example, SMU, they're not going to stand a chance. That's why Ulysses Bentley, who probably could have gone to any other school in the SEC, decided to go to Ole Miss because Ole Miss is probably tossing bags out too. Zach Evans, a former TCU running back, he also went to Ole Miss. I mean, it's when Ole Miss literally has probably the best running back room in the whole country... It kind of kind of tosses some red flags. Now Lane Kiffin is a great recruiter. Don't get me wrong. Lane Kiffin deserves the most respect for landing a lot of these kids. I'm just saying, the fact that a lot of these guys that are very ball dominant are wanting to start to you know share snaps with about six other running backs, it kind of you know raises your eyebrow and you're wondering why the heck would he go from being running back one to running back six i might be tripping i might you know just not know anything about college football but i know that definitely i would not be that excited about that now guys we're done with today's college football news there's actually no more college football news to report about we're kind of at that dry point of the year where everything's settling down until fall comes back up so hopefully late july early august we will get a lot more news now now as we transition over to the nfl side Like I said, I don't want to talk about politics. I don't want to talk about anything that could possibly upset anyone, but Antonio Brown, the former All-Pro wide receiver for the Steelers, the um, Raiders, well, I wouldn't really say the Raiders, but he did end up playing for the Raiders a couple preseason games, for the Patriots, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where he won a championship with Tom Brady. He actually had an interesting quote that he said on a podcast about former 49ers quarterback Colin Kaepernick. And this is an exact quote, so I'm going to read it off like he said it. He don't want to play, man. He was trash, everything. He did all that and took the money and then got the commercial. We don't see him outside. All that's cap. You took, the com- you took the money commercials. We don't see him in the hood. Now, you're probably wondering, what did you just say? And I would absolutely agree with you because it didn't really make sense when I read it either. But pretty much what he's saying is regarding um, Colin Kaepernick is that Obviously, we know Colin Kaepernick is not that good of a player. He showed that his last couple years in San Francisco, especially when you get benched for Blaine Gabbert, who is obviously a journeyman quarterback whose whole career is really below average. And for a guy like Colin Kaepernick to act like teams are blackballing him from the NFL, which is absolutely not the case, I want to get rid of that stigma first and foremost. Yes, I know they probably would have a negative connotation if they did take him. It's not because of his race. It's not because of anything of that. It's because he demands attention. He demands everyone to be worried about him and his shenanigans, whatever it might be. And I'm not talking about kneeling. I'm not talking about anything outside of football. I'm talking about in the locker room, would it distract their guys? Would it absolutely kind of take the focus around winning a championship? And it would. Getting a guy like Colin Kaepernick now that has this negative connotation of I'm gonna get everyone around me and then absolutely disappoint because we've seen him do it numerous times. He went to Michigan, he went to that he went to their spring game, did that little throwing competition at practice, you know, made sure all social media platforms, ESPN, Sports Center, House of Highlights overtime, made sure that they posted him, gets his name out there and kinda you know, brands him almost as exactly what he wants. Now, as we all know, Colin Kaepernick, he even got his own Netflix documentary. He's got numerous commercials with Nike. And it's not for being an athlete, it's for what he does off the field. Now, I do agree with what he is trying to do. I understand that obviously there needs to be racial equality and we need to get rid of racial inequality. But I just, the way that he's doing this is not for the betterment of everyone else. What he's doing is trying to publicly brand himself more than anything. That's why he wants to get back into the NFL because imagine the headlines, imagine everything else. And I'm not saying I necessarily agree with Antonio Brown because Antonio Brown is the last person we should be taking any type of quote or advice from. Because obviously he does have his own issues that he needs to deal with off the field. But I do kind of agree because Colin Kaepernick really skill-wise does not deserve to be in the NFL anymore. He's way he's gotten way older. He's in his thirties, I'm pretty sure. Quarterbacks nowadays are a lot younger. I mean, yeah, if he would sign for like probably the veteran minimum, maybe a team would pick him up, put him on a practice squad. I would understand that. But what he's wanting is to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. And that just is not going to happen. There's no chance when you're going up against guys like Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and just all these superstar Tom Brady who just came back out of retirement and you're playing these guys on a consistent basis. It's just not going to happen. You're not going to be able to compete, and teams know that, and that's why he's not been signed. So enough of the whole blackballing. He's not being blackballed. Teams know they're going to look for a younger option anyway, and Colin Kaepernick is not a younger option. Now let's move on from Colin Kaepernick and that topic, and let's actually get on to a um, new, and this is actually kind of an unfortunate topic that, I really don't want to have to talk about, but it is NFL news and it needs to be talked about. Now, this is regarding former All-Pro safety and a member of the Legion of Boom in Seattle, Earl Thomas. Now, Earl Thomas has, was terrific throughout his whole career. Seattle signed, I think, a two, three-year contract with the Baltimore Ravens back in 2019 and then got released after a year due to some on-the-field issues that he had with some teammates. Now, ever since he's been off the field, he's constantly been put in a lot of bad situations and... You know he does need help, and I hope he does eventually get it. But on Saturday, it was announced that a warrant had actually been actually had been issued for the arrest of Earl Thomas, and apparently the offense that he did do was um, it occurred apparently on um, April 18th, and it was a violation of his bond slash protective order two or more times within 12 months, which actually can lead to a third degree felony, and. Apparently, the whole thing that did happen was Earl Thomas threatened his ex-wife and his actual kids, you know, threatening to kill his ex-wife, and then also threatening to poison his kids, which his lawyers are saying was not him. He denied all wrongdoing, but obviously, if you are, you know, pretty much caught in 4K in that situation, especially threatening your own kids, I mean, I mean, it's still bad the fact he threatened his ex-wife and threatened to kill her, but when you threaten to poison and kill your own kids, that's... I just don't understand what's going on. Now, this possibly could be some mental issue he's going through, and I'm hoping that he does get that taken care of, but currently, I guess you could say Earl Thomas right now is on the run and has not been caught yet, has not been arrested, so this obviously is not going to help his situation anymore, considering how bad it already is. So, and this comes after, you know, Earl Thomas had already pretty much stated that, hey, he was ready to come back to the NFL, and he looked pretty good. We saw a couple clips of him practicing, and He just pretty much threw it away, so I really do hope Earl Thomas does get the help he does need, and it's obviously very obvious. I mean, who threatens their kids and ex-wife due to her finding a new man in her life? So I'm hoping, once again, Earl Thomas does find the help he needs. Now, the final NFL news that we will be talking about in today's segment is regarding second gear quarterback Trey Lance, the former 49ers first round pick last year, which was quarterback class that included guys like Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, and then obviously Trey Lance. So, pretty stacked quarterback class, right? All four of those guys right now are potential starting quarterbacks in the league. Three of them already are. Now, regarding Trey Lance, it is being rumored through the whole 49ers staff that Trey Lance has been continually underwhelming. So, I guess his progress was not as good as they thought, which does make sense. Why also, they did not trade Jimmy Garoppolo yet even after they said numerous times that his market was on fire. I really do hope this is just, you know, one of those sophomore slump things where he gets over it eventually. But from the looks of it, apparently um, the San Francisco 49ers, they're very disappointed in him and, they're not seeing what they want to see. Now, obviously, this is just his second year in the NFL, so you're not trip out that much. He has not seen that much playing time. But when we did see him play last year, I think it was against the Texans, he looked pretty good. He didn't look bad. Had, his arm was still great and obviously recognition getting out of the pocket and mobility. It was all there. So I I don't really know, but Guys, that is it for today's NFL portion of today's podcast, and let's get, move on to our final actual section of today's episode, and this is going to be regarding you know Cardinals' legendary catcher Yadier Molina as he officially reached one thousand career RBIs. So, I have, you know, absolutely, he's joining some elite company, which is a very, 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 very slim company. He actually is the Is only the eighth catcher in MLB history with 2,000 hits and 1,000 RBIs. And right now, he is just one hit behind Mike Piazza for sixth all-time among catchers. So, Yadier Merlina, future Hall of Famer, amazing catcher, continues to amaze me every single time I watch him play. I mean, the fact that this is his final season and he's still playing better than most, you know, elite catchers right now. So, absolutely amazing for Yadier Merlina, congratulations once again on a amazing career and a huge milestone accomplishment. Now guys, I'm not going to talk too too much about the NBA playoffs. We will I'll kind of kind of glance over each matchup if you want to if you want to say that. Now the first matchup I do want to talk about is the 76ers in the Miami Heat. Now Joel Embiid coming off that bone fracture he had in his face and all that, he actually is back and he played uh friday he played friday against the miami heat and they actually took that game now miami still leads the series two to one miami still looks okay but the fact that the 76ers did get back joel is huge and might kind of shift the momentum considering they do play again tonight which is i'm recording this on sunday in philadelphia so maybe they can also take game four and really tie the series series back up now the next series I want to talk about is the um, Phoenix Suns and Dallas Mavericks. Now, it looked like the Phoenix Suns the first two games were going to absolutely blow the blow the absolute door open on the Dallas Mavericks, and rightfully so. The Mavericks played horrible defense. Luka Doncic practically carried the team. He didn't really have any supporting cast, and you know Devin Booker, CP three, and just that whole Phoenix Suns team was dominating the heck out of them. Now, when they came back to Dallas on uh, when was it? Friday as Friday. When they came back to Dallas on Friday, obviously being back in your home, you know, home environments is game changing in itself. But the Mavericks started playing defense. The Mavericks started shooting better offensively. Jalen Brunson kind of came back, if you want to say, and they ended up taking game three. Now, on Sunday, you know, they played the afternoon game. So that's why I'm able to tell you all. They actually won that game again. Luka had another amazing performance. Jalen Brunson played pretty well. And Right now the series is tied 2 to 2 but it is heading back into Phoenix so we will see how that you know how that goes on Tuesday but nothing less the Mavericks are kind of coming back into this it's I I thought I was going to have to count them out now this next series I do want to talk about is the Boston Celtics and the Milwaukee Bucks Jonas Antetokounmpo he does have a legitimate case for MVP he continues to dominate now the Boston Celtics are not going down without a fight I'm sorry guys about that car in the distance Now, the Boston Celtics, once again, they're not going down without a fight, but Giannis is just too much to deal with, and the Milwaukee Bucks currently lead that series 2-1. Now, they will be playing tomorrow, which is Monday at 6.30, so I'll definitely make sure to update you all on Tuesday whenever that game does finish. Now guys, I hope y'all did enjoy today's episode. I know I obviously enjoyed making it for y'all. Before y'all do head out, please make sure they do click the click the links down in the description below, which will send you right to the Instagram and TikTok of the Cover 7 with The Mason Pierce podcast. I'm telling you guys great content. We just hit 100 followers on Instagram, so I'm really hyped about that. We almost have 200 on TikTok, so please make sure you do go follow. Any type of support is appreciated for the podcast, whether it is my monthly um I think, monthly supporter, which you can do on Anchor. It's only four ninety nine a month. I will be working on a way to give y'all some exclusive maybe episodes or sneak peeks or something if you do become a member on Anchor. Or if y'all simply want to give me a follow on Apple and Spotify, anything is greatly appreciated, guys. I hope y'all have a fantastic start to y'all's week. I hope y'all have a great Monday and Tuesday, and I will see y'all back here on Wednesday. Peace.